So an amazing interview just took place between Bray Wyatt and Ryan Satin over on WWE on Fox. It's not the longest interview in the world, but it is very, very insightful. Basically, Bray was saying that uh, he was questioning if he still had it as he was going into his first match as he was coming into his return. He said he started to remember who he was, why he did this. During his time away, he had a chance to do movies and TV shows, but couldn't. He felt damaged, uh, but fans gave him strength. He also went on to say that he actually refuses to watch his matches back. He's obsessed with creating and moving forwards, um, but there's always part of him that thinks he can always do better. And actually, that was something that we would always come back to. He doesn't watch his old stuff. He always thinks he can improve, move forwards, uh, tell a better story. Uh, so he's very focused constantly on the future, on what's next. Uh, he said if he didn't have such passionate fans, then he doesn't think that he would be here. I think he meant in like regards to being back with WWE. They moved on to Brody. This was quite touching. Uh, he said there was so much going on um, around that time. He lost his childhood best friend. Obviously, he lost Brody as well. And he said he didn't deal with it well. Neither he nor Rowan dealt with it well. And it took a while for him to kind of find himself and kind of come out of that. Uh, the conversation moved on to the pitch black match. And uh, he said that this is really interesting. He doesn't know what it is. This is not his idea. So he's excited walking into the unknown. Um, he said that uh, he would rather it be pitch black than a red light, which I thought was interesting. Seems like uh, he wasn't a fan maybe of the red light or maybe he's had enough of the red lights. He also said he's not a sponsor guy. He's not the guy that works with sponsors. He's the monster in the back. So this sort of feels to me like the pitch black match. Mountain Dew, I think, want this match. I think WWE have looked at it and said, right, how do we do it? They've decided, well, Bray is the best person to put in this. And so, sadly, I think this isn't part of like a big master plan as such. I think this is Mountain Dew wanting to have a pitch black match and Bray being the best fit. Conversation moved on then to White Rabbits. And uh, I thought this was interesting because Bray was saying that um, he knows that he's appreciated now, but he thinks he'll be appreciated more in 10 to 20 years. He said, you know, this was a major thing. It looked mental written down on paper. And actually, they didn't go as far uh, with this as he wanted to. He wanted to go further. And he says that he thinks that this sort of thing has changed the industry. He then moved on to his uh, return, and he said that he hadn't experienced a sensation like that. It was a crazy reaction. He doesn't, again, go back and watch. He reiterated he doesn't go back and watch. His mindset is that he can always be better. He told a, a little story about how he likes to paint, and if someone praises a painting, he covers it straight over and thinks to himself, well, if you think that's good, you wait, wait till you see what I do next time kind of a mentality. Uh, and he said that he hates himself for that. He, he wishes it wasn't that way, but that's just how his mind works. Uh, then we got on to Uncle Howdy. So he said, uh, if you've ever met someone with a split personality, it's not cut and dry. It's not like the movies. He says that he's got uh, been diagnosed with things that he's not willing to share. 
And uh, he said that Uncle Howdy is, it's real. It's all based on real things that have happened to him, uh, real moments. He said the story hasn't been told yet. It's much deeper than what people realize. Even Bray doesn't fully understand it, but he's saying that this is based in reality. It's based on things that have happened to him. And honestly, this part of the conversation was absolutely riveting. Then we moved on to some I wasn't expecting, Man in the Woods. For those of you that haven't seen Man in the Woods, this was a WWE.com, like YouTube exclusive horror story. And um, obviously Bray told this story and a lot of people found connections to The Fiend. Now, Bray didn't necessarily go as far as to say that they were all connected, but he did actually say that he thinks people talk too much these days. And giving away these kind of answers would just be boring, which I do understand because part of the fun is, you know, making up your own mind on these things and exploring the clues. If he just comes out and tells us, well, that in a way just ruins everything. So um, he said that he doesn't want to uh, say too much. Plus also he said some of this stuff is really heavy, you know, kind of touching back to what he said about Uncle Howdy. Some of this is really heavy. And it's based on things that have happened. And honestly, if he shared everything, it might actually be too much. It might be too much for people to like be able to take on boards. But he was saying that Uncle Howdy comes from a dark thing that happened in his life. It's based on something real. Um, all of these things, there's so much more to them. Um, but as we said, you know, he wasn't going to be giving any more details away than that. Uh, then we moved on. He was talking about how Hawaiian shirt Bray can't be around anymore. It can't be without Brody. So with Brody not around, like this, this character is just done. I think one of the most interesting parts of this interview is when he speaks about the fiend. But basically, he says that's it. I mean, he could not be more clear. He said it can never be again. It's gone. That is it. I mean, he was very clear, said, I don't know how people are going to feel about this but it can never be again. It is gone. It's done. The only thing I would say is that could we see an evolution for this character? Could this character evolve? Maybe that's what Uncle Howdy is. Maybe this is why Bray is so focused on Uncle Howdy. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. He rounded off this part of the conversation by saying that Alexa is the last happy piece of that time. You see, I still feel like The Fiend comes back in some form just because I think WWE are going to want that character. It's a character that generates ratings. It's a genera uh, generates revenue. So I don't know. I'm really torn on it. I'm really torn. I, I really believe, though, in Bray's minds, he feels like The Fiend that we know before and saw before is done, is done. But he wasn't giving much away as to what could be next for Alexa. Uh, he spoke as well about how he's been putting lots of stuff out there and uh, couldn't believe that people were picking it up. And it was so rewarding when it was, be it like his tweets or be it Man in the Woods or things along those lines. Um, he trained with boxers to return to get his head in order. And uh, he said that everything that's happening now is organic. It's not necessarily prepared. Um, and that's, he said, the genius of Triple H. So he he's very much saying that this is organic. I don't know how true that is. We know that there is someone in charge of long-term booking. We know that Rob Fee has come in and uh, he is making sure that these stories do get somewhere. I think there is an architecture 
as to where the stories have got to get to. But maybe, maybe uh, there's a few weeks whereby, you know, they can be a little bit more creative, a bit more fast and loose. Uh, and he said he doesn't know if that's coming across on TV. Uh, and then we got to uh, a bit of the conversation I think everyone was uh, waiting for. And this was Undertaker. Uh, he said, I think everyone can see it for what it was. Um, he said, it's only something that The Undertaker said is only something that Bray would understand. Um, he said that it was very powerful, unexpected, and that is a special segment that he can watch again. Um, and he said it's a moment no one can take away from him and that he thinks people can see it for what it is. So very heavily teasing that that was the passing of the torch moment. So, um, yeah, that that is one he said he can watch again, and uh, it seemed to mean a lot to him. Uh, and actually, we ended this interview. As we said it wasn't very long, um, but we ended the interview with Rambling Rabbit, and he said, uh, honest opinion on Rambling Rabbit is Rambling Rabbit's the only puppet that wasn't designed to be there. He became my resilience. He's goofy. He's dumb. I can't stand him. But in a way, he's me. Yeah, that's pretty much what they ended it on. They uh, seemingly just ran out of time, but it was excellent. I mean, when do we ever get a chance to hear from Bray Wyatt? We just don't. And, um, you know, even Ryan said, you know, this is really special moment for me. I'm so grateful that you've been able to give us this time. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Appreciate the support as always. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.